Hi, my name is Chris Bett, and welcome to another episode of Just Fucking Win on Saturday at 3. On this episode, we'll be looking ahead at Rangers' upcoming game against Ross County at Ibrox. Joining me to do this is, first of all, Eddie. Eddie, how are you doing, mate? Evening, I'm good, thank you. Joining Eddie and I is also Kenny. Hi, Chris. And it's an action-packed podcast this this week, as joining Eddie, Kenny and I finally is Dave. Dave, we need a wee bit of pessimism in there. Um but we've really got you on because you've done some statistical work on Ross County. Uh, that was a bit of a bam up, I've not really. But I, okay, I, I can provide some pessimism. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to need to wilt me, wilt me, Eddie and Kenny are talking, Dave. You need to be in the background there, then you're Googling on Ross County. Um, Look, Rangers are on a great run of form at the moment. That's four wins in a row in the league. We're 11 undefeated in the league. Last league defeat was obviously the, the game against St. Johnson under Geo. The last time we dropped points was in the 2nd of January, uh, or 2nd or 3rd of January, um, obviously against Celtic, which obviously there's mitigating circumstances there. We're just off the back of a very, very impressive performance. Some are saying that it's the best performance of the season. I would certainly go along with that. Um, beating Hearts 3-0 at Tynecastle. It was a complete team performance on me. Ross County, um, we don't need Dave to kind of dive into Ross, uh, Ross County statistics to know that Ross County aren't having a great season and, and Ross County aren't the greatest team in this to- uh, Scottish top flight. So it's at Ibrox, free, Saturday free by the way. Um, the form team against one of the uh, out of form teams. Are you worried? <laughs> because things seem to be going very well on the park. Well... No, I'm I'm not worried. Although I know last night's game against um, Hearts was one of the the best performances we've seen from the team in a while. Before that, I don't think we've been particularly great until that game, if I'm honest. But I'm still not worried when it comes to playing Ross County at Ibrox. That should be a two, three, four nil win every time we play them, and it, we shouldn't be going into a game like that concerned about what kind of performance. We should just be going into that kind of a game looking at it. And I I don't mean this disrespectfully to them but the gulf in size between the two clubs we should be going into a game like that wondering how many we're going to win by okay and that's that's, that's a good point that because obviously um i think we've all been quite understanding of the fact of the need to get three points rather than how we got it but with that performance against hearts uh being so so good is it now at the stage of we're now wanting to see the style as well as the points because Will, will the fans continue to accept a, a performance such as uh, St. Johnson the last time we played them at Ibrox, you know, 2-0, which should have been a lot more, but on the day we, we just we just weren't firing. Um, so is it a case of Rangers have set the standard now and they have to maintain it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll be a little bit more positive than Eddie in regard to how we've been playing. I actually think we've been playing all right the last few weeks, uh, getting results as well, obviously, but I do agree with Eddie there that every time they come to Ibrox, they should be dispatched with consummate ease, to be honest. Just get in there, do the job, uh, play well. Looking forward to seeing the new signings and all the rest of it. And, yeah, I'm very confident. Dave, Ross County, um, I, I purposely came to you about Ross County. Um, these these kind of 
I don't mean to stereotype in any way, and, and I really don't mean to be disrespectful, but it's really hard not to come across like that when you are talking about the the kind of lower level teams in the Scottish top flight. You know, I'm talking about your Ross Counties, your Motherwell, St Johnsons, and Dundee United's, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They all seem to have this kind of uh, almost set formula when it comes to a January transfer window. On the last couple of days, especially the last day, they had like maybe three or four scattered from down the lower leagues of England and you'll see like a week and a, a Scottish player will go to them from another Scottish team, all very kind of trying to get their team built up, ready to go for the for the second part of the season because obviously Ross County's main aim is to stay in the league. They have signed Damon Brophy, he has hurt us before in the past, lost his way a wee bit at St Johnson. Um, I couldn't tell you much about any of the other signings they made. Um, so... Do you envisage him being the, the danger man here? Because we do, as I said, we have been stung by him in the past. I think it's one of these ones, you get the, just on him, you get the idea into your head because he raises his game against Rangers. And there's there's always a handful in the league of these guys who perform exceptionally well against, or attempt to perform exceptionally well against us, certainly put the effort in. So I'm not overly concerned, really, other than the fact you know he's going to put the effort in. But... Ross County in general, I think, as you say, this, that's the nature of the beast for these clubs. The deadline day, I think a lot of agents looking for moves for players with a favour in the last minute kind of thing is how they bulk their squad out. But in terms of Ross County, they are, they're not bottom, but they maybe should be because they're the least threatening team in the league. They've had by far the fewest shots, by far the fewest chances, by far the fewest shots and targets. So in terms of carrying a threat, unless Brophy is going to seriously go in there and and shake them up since they get rid of the boy Charles Cook they've not carried a threat I think they're lucky that there's teams worse than them in the league uh, as you guys are saying I don't expect any serious work to be kind of cut out for Golden Davies and McGregor and it should be consummate ease as Kenny says to to put them at the sword to play with a bit of style create chances and take goals off them with the caveat that you know how they're going to play. It's going to be the Bank of Five, Bank of Four and Brophy running about trying his best to make something stick. Eddie, just a point that Kenny made, obviously, about hopefully seeing the new signings um, and kind of doubling on also what Dave said about the kind of Bank of Five, Bank, bank of Four, the, the very nature of the low block. The one thing that I liked against St. Johnson at Ibrox uh, in, in regards to Cantwell, um, and Kent was the interchanging, you know, they, they were they were kind of changing um, changing wings every so often. Both from kind of had a free role roaming about that back line, really difficult to pick up. That is going to be the difference, really, between beating a low block and being defeated by a low block, if you will. Yeah, and I think it's something that um, when Beal was here last time with Gerard, it's something they worked on quite a lot was how to beat that low block and certainly this interchanging of the two wide players um, and, and how he kind of referred to it previously as kind of wide number 10s is going to have a big part to play in that. I think under Gio we struggled because he liked his wide men to stay wide and hug the touchline and that kind of tactic of cross the ball into the box 800 times just doesn't work in an SPL where you're up against kind of 10 men in the box and they're all giants and they're just going to head the ball away all day long. This kind of Kent and Cantwell running in the middle, swapping over, dragging players out of position is exactly what we need to break down those low blocks and produce chances for some of the other players as well. So it's definitely something that by adding Cantwell in and bringing that bit of 
quality to the other wider area to give Kent someone to play alongside and to switch roles with is certainly a positive and I'm looking forward to seeing Campwell against Ross County, seeing him in the, in the flesh myself because I didn't go up for the game against St. Johnston. I lent that ticket to my boss to, so he could take his son to his first Rangers game. Um, so I'm looking forward to going and seeing that myself in person and I think it's a real great game for him to kind of put his stamp on the Rangers team. I would actually say the exact same for Nico Raskin, Kenny, because I think in terms of debuts, I don't want to say it doesn't get any easier, but it certainly doesn't get any more comfortable than a game at home against a lesser opposition where we're going to get 65, 70% of uh, possession um, of the ball. He's he's going to have that you know, freedom to express himself. Surely he's got to start with Raskin and Cantwell because, as I said, these are this isn't the the blood and thunder of an Aberdeen fixture, a Celtic fixture, a Hearts or a Hibs fixture. It's it's one of, it's against one of the lesser teams, and it, and it's 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 a a prime example just to kind of bed these boys in and getting them used to playing at Ibrox, getting them used to their teammates, and ultimately showing us what they can do. Totally agree. Um, I, I know at the time of recording here on Thursday night that the 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 Raskin work permit hasn't arrived yet, but uh, we would hope that will be here tomorrow or. You know, well, it should be here tomorrow, I would think. But if he doesn't start, then I'll be disappointed. But, yeah, Cantwell has to start. I think he's exactly the type of player you want in this fixture. And if we can get Raskin in, I totally agree with you. It's one of those uh, games, with all respect to Ross County, that we will have lots and lots of ball. You, you can let the boy uh, bed in a little bit, if you know what I mean. Just give him the give him the hour or so and let him see an experienced Ibrox for himself and I'm sure the, with the way the boy plays I'm sure he'll absolutely love it in a, a, that kind of environment in that particular game Kenny this one may actually be for you mate. I was going to come to Dave with this but it just it, kind of, it just occurred to me what was the name of the guy who withheld George Cadetti's what, what permit was it Jim Farry Jim Farry yeah, aye. yeah. yeah just, let's just hope there's not a Jim Farry on the SFA board at the moment um and certainly if his work permit isn't cleared by tomorrow, I certainly will be raising some suspicions of that because I've never known a work permit to be so delayed, if you will, because it should have been done by now. Um, and obviously this isn't a criticism of Rangers, this is out with Rangers control, but it's not as if the, the, the deadline was over the weekend and the SFA offices were shut and the home offices were shut. Um, so it's it's a bit of a bizarre one that, that the work permit is taking so long. Almost actually worried about it. I would imagine it'll be here tomorrow, Chris, but if it's not, then, yeah, get the pitchforks out and down to Hamden we go. Um, Dave, in terms of uh, Rangers at the moment, we, we all look pretty good, as I said, we had that, we finally had that complete performance, I think there's been flashes of, of, of some good work being done over the last couple of weeks, um, Great run of form. Alluded to it offline. It's probably our best run of form since the 55 season. I can't remember Stephen Gerrard out with the 55 season having just as as good a, a run of um, form in terms of undefeated games and, and certainly wins. Uh, you know, we're going for the fifth win in a row. We're going for 12 undefeated. Um, it's, it's championship winning form. Of course it is. But the problem is the team that we're chasing seem to be just you know, cantering to this. Is there an aspect of that that worries you that that could get these particular players maybe disheartened a wee bit? Do, do, do you worry about 
about that in terms of the, the Rangers players' mentality, or do you think they've, they've managed, or, or Michael Beale in particular, has managed to get them to park what Celtic are doing away and just focus on what we do? Because obviously we have no control over what they do. And if they blink first, good. Just make sure we're in a position to take advantage of that. Um, it's, it's an interesting question. It touches on something I've spoken about quite a lot in the pods, and it's the the motivation factor around a team, an organisation, any kind of collective enterprise, and where that motivation comes from, who puts it in, the, the leadership culture. Is it the manager? Are players bound to motivate themselves? And it's an interesting question. I think there's definitely been an upturn in motivation since Bill came back in. I think, obviously, Kent in particular has been like a new signing. Goldson coming back has galvanised the team. I, I think post-Hearts, you can see that Raskin and Cantwell have have added a bit of reinvigoration to the squad just by virtue of the fact that we're going to have new teammates and better quality. So I think it's get sort of echoes for me of the this the season where McLeish took over from Advocat and there was a serious morale problem. And then with the same players largely playing the same sort of formation, McLeish was able to turn it around and win the two cups and keep the motivation quite high. And I think certainly from what I've seen, I don't think the players are in any risk of down in tools or, or losing motivation or losing focus. I think one of the factors that comes into the motivation is are they enjoying playing their football? Do they have freedom? Are they given the right, are the opportunity to do what they want? Ella Kent, Sakala, Tillman, Morelos being allowed to roam. I think there's, there's, there's a motivation coming from that. And I'm not worried, it's not on my radar that the team are going to lose motivation because we've got no firm cup final coming up in a couple of weeks. We've got a cup that we should be hoping to win later on. Most of these players will be here next year, one way or the other. There's places to be played for. There's potentially Europe, or there will be Europe in the horizon next season. They want to be in the squad for that. So I'm not too worried that Celtic getting out of sight will cost his motivation. I think if Bill's doing his job right, which I think he is, there will be a palpable sense in the squad that we're building for something, building for the future. The players who want to be part of that will be, and anybody who's not motivated to be part of that will leave. But the barometer for that, for me, would be Kent and Morelos, and do they show signs of wanting to leave? They've obviously not signed on anyone else yet. The window's been gone, but obviously they can speak to other people uh, anytime they like. And they don't seem to have dropped. And if anything, they seem to be more motivated now. So there is a collective buy-in to what Bill's trying to do. And that collectiveness of purpose and, and mission is a hallmark of all great managers. Every great manager has been able to do that. Walter Smith, Ferguson, Simeone... And you could look at what Celtic are doing at the minute and say they've got it as well. They believe in the manager and believe in each other. And I think we we, we have that, or certainly the signs are, are coming back that we have that. And it's not something I'm particularly worried about. Eddie, we will come on to uh, the Morelos-Kent situation in a, in a wee moment. I'll come on to Kenny with that. Um, obviously, there's some quite worrying comments by Michael Beale in regards to those two. But I want to focus on... The form players at the moment now, Dave obviously uh, mentioned Kent and Morelos. I mean, quite clearly, they, they two have turned somewhat of a corner since uh, since Beals came in. But one player in particular I do want to um, have a bit of a conversation about, as someone I know that me and you have both been very critical of, um, more so you, I would have to say. Um, Fashion Sakala, I have to say that the turnaround in this boy since the moment Michael Beale came in has been nothing short of fantastic. And I have to say, for me, he's the first name on the team sheet ahead of Kenton Morelos at the moment. I, I just, 
I don't think a fully functioning attacking Rangers team can do without what Sakala brings to the team. I mean, we obviously discussed on the Hearts pod the impact they had in that game, albeit even when it's not coming off for them, causing havoc is it, it just shows you that other teams can't obviously uh, defend against that. And it's the old cliche about Sakala, if he doesn't know what he's going to do next, how will other players know? But I actually don't think there is that unpredictability about him at the moment in his current vein of form. I actually know exactly what Sakala wants to do. And more often than not, in this current vein of form, again, he is delivering what I'm expecting him to, to deliver. So it's been quite the turnaround. It has. Um, I'm still a bit shocked at the the fact you just threw me under the bus there because I don't think publicly I'm overly critical of him. I think that's just privately I, I yeah, slag no, him off. No, I know, I know you, Eddie, you, you would have thrown me under the bus. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right, I would have. Um, but no, in all fairness to your point, the turnaround in Sakala since Michael Beale's come in has been absolutely outstanding. He's been phenomenal, especially over the last few weeks. And I think you're absolutely spot on. I hate agreeing with you so much, I've got to say. But I think you're absolutely spot on that at the moment, he's got to be the first name on the team sheet for me. He's creating chances. He's scoring chances, albeit um, and a few offside chances as well. But that just shows that he's getting into the positions required to get those kind of numbers. And I know last season... When you look at it on paper, he had the numbers there and they read a different story to what the eye probably showed. Um, this season, though, especially since uh, Beal's come in, I nearly said Gerard there, sorry. Um, since Beal's come in, the numbers are there, but the, the actual performance is there as well. Um, I think more specifically, the turning point has been that second half in the old firm um, where he was just brilliant and he tore Juranovic apart. And I, I just I haven't seen a step back from him since. I, I'm been thoroughly impressed with the turnaround in him, and I'm enjoying watching him play at the moment. As am I, and long may it continue, Kenny. I, I alluded to there um, before we got into Sakala about the Kent Morelos situation in terms of their contracts. Now, Michael Beale, I know had a, a very interesting um, turn of phrase, let's just say, where he said that Rangers would be okay without Kent. Morelos and Tillman, obviously two out of contract, one is a loan player who we have yet to obviously negotiate that transfer, that will probably happen in the summer if at all, if it does happen at all. Um, does that worry you or do you think he's leaned on a mark at the board there in, in, in a funny way saying, I will be fine with our three best players because look who we've got, we've got fucking bags of talent now, like, that's how I would take that because I have to say, is, uh, you know, I was going to say, as much as Michael Beale annoys me, I don't think that's the right thing to say. <laughs> as much as Michael Beale overshares, um, it's probably the right phrase, I think he overshares quite a bit. I think he needs to learn to kind of keep some things to himself. The one thing that I do notice is, um, I think over the last six, seven weeks, whenever he's been here, I think he's actually challenged the board quite a few times. If you kind of just look at the undertones of what he's saying do you think this is another case of this because there's no way he's been serious is he because like without Morelos Kent and Tillman getting into next season we are not a better team <laughs> yeah uh, do, do I think he's challenged this board yes many times already um, do I think we can cope without those three um, no not particularly um, my concern about his comments were that he he was quite pointed about them, which kind of does allude to what you're saying, doesn't it? That it's it's a throwaway comment for other people to hear. Um, 
I don't know, Chris. I, I, I've got to the point where I, I disagree with you. I actually really like what Michael Deal, Michael Beale does, uh, and I like the way that he speaks and he's so open. I think he, the guy just loves football and is isn't particularly interested in what any anybody else thinks about him. Um, and I think when you look at the way he's managed immediately to get right under the manager in the other half of the city's skin. To the point where he can he, he simply can't talk, stop talking about him. It's just wonderful. Um, but no, uh, to be honest, no, we can't uh, really be thinking about going into next season with all three of them not there. No, um, not without spending quite literally millions upon millions to replace them. Yeah, uh, to replace the three, um, like for like, as. 25 to 30 million, which isn't going to happen. So, um, and also the the ready-made replacements aren't at the club anyway, uh, which Michael Beale sort of kind of referred to because the players were already there to replace. Um, I take it as flippant. I take it as help me out here. And I also take it as get that fucking Tillman deal done and get those contracts signed. Um, that's how I take it. I'm not overly worried. I think Ken will stay. I may, I may have egg on my face here. I think if, en- if any of them are going to leave, I think it will be Morelos. I hope he doesn't, especially the way that he's turned his season around. But I, I think Kent's a stick on to stay, especially when you consider the relationship between Kent and Bill. Um, it's just going to be another corner Goldson. I think we won't find out until the end of the season, which we, we spoke about in the transfer pod. It's no good enough. I'd rather just keep this kind of stuff signed, sealed and delivered because it gives not only it not only gives the players that kind of lift and that security, Gives the fans a lift as well, knowing that we're going to see these guys next year and we can actually look forward to it. And it would also help, well, I would say in any other club it would help with season ticket sales, but with Rangers, we back Rangers regardless, which is a very unique thing about us, obviously. But these are the things that need to be taken into account, really. Um, Forward planning, shown as a vision. Um, But I just suspect, I don't know about you guys, Eddie, Dave, Kenny, I suspect another Golson situation with all three particularly obviously Tillman because I, I do think it will rumble into the summer because of his situation but in, in, in regards to the outer contract boys I think it will be a very last minute thing either we've signed a new deal or we're off um, I don't think anything either way will be confirmed before the season ends would, would you just be on board with that do you think that's what's going to happen? Uh, I've actually got a sneaky feeling that we'll get an announcement that they've signed on in the next few days or the next few weeks because uh, as the performance against Arts was was so good and so bright, particularly by those three. And then Bill did say as well, when I asked, oh yeah, we've got a bit more clarity on the situation. I don't know if maybe, just reading between the lines, that there's something in the pipeline with them all. I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping against all sort of available evidence or conduct of Rangers in recent years that there is something in the works there. I am... Yeah want all three of them to stay, actually, uh, particularly Tillman. Uh, the other two, you have to respect their wishes. They've been, they've both been here for a number of years, and if they want to move on to further their career, then they'll go with my best wishes. But uh, the boy Tillman is a, a stick on. Get that boy signed, honestly. Uh, but I do want all three of them to stay, obviously. Say that since day one, Kenny, mate. I say that since day one. The minute I seen that boy Tillman, I thought, get him signed. So, uh, You're at it, mate. You I are at it. Could not agree with you more. Eddie, what do you think about the situation with the with the three lads, in particular Kent and Morelos? I think that Kent... I just have this feeling that Kent's already signed back on. He looks like someone... We all know that Kent, when he, when he first came to the club, he fell in love with the club. 
he loves living in, in Scotland um, and he, he enjoyed, he, he finally felt like he had a home. I, I felt like while Gio was here, now don't get me wrong, I'm not out to criticise Gio. I, I still have a lot of respect for what Gio did with the tools that were available to him. But I don't think the style of football that he wanted to play, if you can call it a style, um, suited Ryan Kent. And I, it felt like he almost kind of fell out of love again with the club and started to drift into what possibly was Ryan Kent of old. Because we, we all know he's had a number of loan uh, moves over his career and none of them really kind of worked out and he never really seemed to fit in anywhere and he almost feels like that's where he started to be again and started to to get bored of playing almost um but since Beal's come in you can see a real turnaround a fire's been reignited in him and I think he's fallen back in love with the club and I think it it just needed someone like Beal who knows him to come in put the arm around the shoulder say look I know you are the best footballer at this club and I'm going to give you that free reign to terrorise players and other teams like he did previously. And I wouldn't be surprised to hear an announcement any day now to say that he's signed back on. Morelos, again, I also think he's playing with a a fire reignited in him. Um, I hope that means that we're going to see Morelos of old back because he had started to look a bit petulant this season again and we had more of the bad Morelos than the good Morelos. I'm hoping that what we've seen the last couple of weeks is a bit more of an indication that he's happy again. And I would like to see him sign on. I won't be heartbreaking if he doesn't, if he doesn't, um, that, that would be unfortunate. Uh, I don't want his career to uh, Rangers to end on a, a kind of whimper. I think he deserves to go out on a high, um, especially after what he's given us over the last few years and for the impact he's made as a 1 million pound signing. So I would like to see him stay on. And if they leave it to the last minute, like Goldson, but he signs on, then fine, I'm happy with that. And then Tillman, I'm of the opinion, if we don't pay the money, it's just bad business. I know five million is a lot of money for us, but I've said from day one about this boy that he's the kind of player that he doesn't always suit what we need at the time, but he is a fantastic talent. And he's the kind of player who some of the teams down south and a couple of the bigger teams in Europe will look to bring in. Um, and will pay big money for him once he's had that kind of chance to show what he can do on a, a more permanent stage. Because we've got to remember, this is the first kind of year that he's had full kind of first team football. He's he's had the odd kind of glimpse of it, but he's never had a proper season. And I think this season he's been brilliant for us. His numbers have been great. Yes, he's had games where he hasn't been as involved as he perhaps could but that's going to happen with a player of his talent. And I, I think there's a real possibility to flip him for 20 plus million if we pay the 5 million to bring him in. So I would be very disappointed if we don't make that signing. Yeah, no, I'd agree with all that, to be honest. Um, a few more bits of news from the press conference as Kemal Roof is available if he's needed. So I take that as he'll probably be on the bench, which is good because um, we were told that he wouldn't really be back until the cup final. So again, it kind of goes back to what we've always spoken about with Roof, that it's more kind of upstairs than than anything else um so that's an indication that he's feeling stronger f- feeling fitter so that can only benefit rangers um yanis haji may be involved at some point we were told and john Sutter is we're taking our time with john Sutter. he's essentially he's available but he won't be on the bench this weekend because as I, as um michael beale said there was a bit of a flare-up which is uh um, I worry, but it's nothing. We've been told it's nothing to worry about. It's just they're just wrapping them in cotton wool, bubble wrap, um, 
fluffy ducks, all, all that kind of stuff. Like they're, we're making sure that he doesn't break down again. So we're almost out of the shit in terms of the injury crisis. I think really it's Lawrence and Yomas is the only two now. Um, so that when when we have uh i'll make this kind of the last discussion point to kind of try and keep this a succinct pod but when we are out of the shit we're going to have a different dilemma dave because we're going to have an embarrassment of riches really which um it's going to be interesting to see how bill manages the squad i i'm not sure embarrassment of riches. i still think there's a sort of dearth of real quality starters there but what does tell over time in this league is depth we spoke about low blocks and Defence, one of the ways to beat that is movement off the ball. The other way for me to beat that is by substitutions and bringing on players at key times in games when they're tired and certainly having turning round and seeing Hadji, Lawrence and Roof is better than turning round and seeing Sands, Devine and I hate to say it, Arfield, right? Because I like Arfield, but you need real quality strikers. Arfield's getting on a bit, so that's maybe a bit unkind, but... Looking at our bench at certain times towards the end of the 55 season, we could have put the nine players on the bench on the park and still won games, even with two men short. The bench was that good. With the likes of Defoe on there and Davis at times, real quality. We're getting back to a stage now where that's there. And one of the first things I look at when the lineups announced is who's on the bench? Because you know there's going to be games in Scotland that go to the 70th minute and we've not broke teams down and it's about that quality. So having more options, even though they maybe not be quite as good as we like, is one of the, the ways we're going to, if we do get back to challenging for league and winning it, that's one of the ways it's going to happen. Obviously, it's this season's panned out the way it's panned out, but in the Cups as well, teams are going to dig in against you and you're going to need to find ways to win. And more often than not in Scotland, that comes through the bench or for the top two it does. Kenny, you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel? Absolutely. Um, look, I, I, I must admit, I, I, the the first part of this season, I've never known an injury crisis like it. Um, we've talked about it with, you know, a lot of that down to perhaps the training and all the rest of it. But the more uh, I've watched this team under Michael Beale, week on week, we can see them getting fitter. You can see them getting more structured. You can see them getting more uh, almost kind of free and loose with their play. Um, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to... Uh, Watching this team till the end of the season now, actually, oddly, I, I do think that there's um, trophies to be won. Uh, there's still at least three games against Celtic to, to play. And listen, uh, if we win all our games to the end of the season, it's going to be a very, very exciting season. And I do think that I kind of agree with uh, Dave there, actually, in terms of a couple of them, maybe not first team starters or whatever. But um, look, when every single player in our squad is fit uh, and, you know, raring to go, we have a very decent squad of players. So, yeah, I, I, I am. I'm, I can see light at the end of the tunnel, as you say, but I'm, I'm quite excited about where this team's going now at the minute, to be honest. Eddie, you're just looking forward to Lawrence coming back so you can actually see a Welshman do well in a Rangers shot. Do you know what it is? It's absolutely typical that the one good Welshman we've ever had. I'm going to excuse, I know someone's going to jump in with Andy Dibble before you do. Okay, yes. But the one good outfield Welshman we've ever had has just been injured from about the fourth game of the season. Devastating. I can't wait for him to come back. Yeah, um, I was really, I know this is kind of going off my wee bit of a tangent here, but I was really like on with 
Lawrence even before he'd kicked up always because I'd, I'd known his personality and stuff and then I'd seen the start he'd made and he was fast becoming my favourite Rangers player and then it was just ripped away from me so I kind of know how you feel Eddie especially the, the you know the, the the nationality connection that you've got with, with Lawrence so um, my wee boy got his name on the back of his uh, home jersey as well and then he's never actually got to be able to see him play because the one game that he went up to see him um, before he got injured he was actually on the bench and then he's been injured since just keep him away from Ibrox because Somebody else could benefit for that seat, probably. Ah, oh, he's going on Saturday, mate. <laughs> ah, he can go to Ross County, folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's that's just about it. Um, it should obviously nothing ever as straightforward for Rangers, but as straightforward as straightforward can be, it should be. Um, we've got a very strong squad to pick from. We've got two new players to pick from. Hopefully, see them. That's exciting. Obviously, um, what permit permitting um, with with Raskin. We should certainly see Cantwell. Should certainly be another three points on the board. Extend the run. Extend the good, uh, the feel good factor around the club, and then we move on. Um, I, I really don't envisage any any um, difficulties this this weekend at all. Uh, kind of famous last words. Of course it is, but um, if we, you know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm here and say that if we struggle to beat Ross County, it's not because of what I've just said. Um, we have deeper problems in that. Um, so all that's kind of left for me to do is, well, first of all, before I thank my thank my guests, um, if you could please follow us on all our social medias, we are on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Um, we are on Apple Podcasts, we're on Amazon Music, we're on Spotify, so if you could subscribe to any of them, we're also on YouTube, so I'm asking you to please like, follow or subscribe to any of our channels, um, because the obviously the one follow, one like, one subscribe goes a very, very long way with us, um, it really does, I'm not just saying that, it really, really does. Um, Eddie, email address please? Yep, the email address is contact at saturday at three.co.uk that's all letters no numbers and feel free to drop us a line if there's anything you'd like us to discuss on any of the pods if you've got any ideas for pods or even if you want to be a guest on one of our other shows just drop us a line we'll get back in touch with you and see what we can arrange thanks very much Eddie. um and uh well thank you for being on the podcast as well and <laughs> uh, quite awkward that <laughs> <laughs> That's not like you, Chris. You're usually so seamless as well. Um, no, it's a pleasure to come on. Like I said, um, every time we're on, it's always enjoyable to talk about Rangers. Sometimes it's not in the best of spirits, but at least um, today it, it is because we've had a good performance. We've had a good run and we're looking forward to extend it on Saturday. And uh, thank you very much to Kenny. Yep, thanks, Chris. Enjoyed that again. Yep. Good fun. And finally, thanks to Dave. Cheers, mate. Pleasure. Uh, always is. Um, we will be back next week looking back on hopefully a Rangers victory over Ross County and we will also be looking ahead to Rangers Scottish Cup tie at Ibrox against Partick Thistle. The volume of Rangers related podcasts will probably not not decrease over time but um, it won't be as many um, going out purely because we are pretty much now um, in uncharted waters as Rangers fans because it's almost exclusively one match a week now until the split. So I don't know about you guys, but I don't know what I'm going to do myself because I, I'll, I'm not only do I love the Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday routine that I'm in with Rangers, um, I'm going to be at a complete loss what to do with my time. I'm actually going to have to try and be productive as a dad.
or maybe even as a boyfriend or maybe even as a student which is um i would rather be a rangers fan um so yeah we're, we're, we're gonna be down to one game a week um as i said pretty much to the split which obviously naturally reduces the volume of podcast because we can only really do a preview and a review um for the one match so your continued support is appreciated um and i hope you enjoyed this podcast as well thanks very much <laughs>